This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, February 16th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. A Macomb man is in jail after being arrested in a child pornography case. The Illinois Attorney General's office says 38-year-old Christopher Fugate is charged with five counts of dissemination of child pornography and ten counts of possessing child pornography. During a court hearing this week, Fugate pleaded not guilty and requested a jury trial. A pretrial hearing is scheduled for late next month. Galesburg has closed water access to Lake Story after a fuel pump malfunctioned on state property near the lake. Tri-State's Public Radio's Jane Carlson reports. The Illinois Department of Central Management Services says a fuel pump generator malfunctioned on surplus property on Lake Story Road late last week. That led to around 300 gallons of diesel fuel leaking into the area. Galesburg firefighters responded to the incident and initially mitigated the spill with absorbent booms. Now, CMS is working with the Illinois EPA, the city of Galesburg, and remediation experts to clean up the affected area. The state estimates the leak affected less than 5% of Lake Story, which is owned by the city of Galesburg. The city is closing water access to allow for cleanup and prevent people and pets from being exposed to the contaminated water. Remediation efforts are expected to be completed within two weeks. I'm Jane Carlson. Iowa's state auditor, Rob Sand, says the Iowa Board of Parole refused to provide documents he requested, citing a law passed last year. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostarek reports Republican lawmakers have prevented the state auditor, who is the only statewide elected Democrat, from taking state agencies to court when they refuse to provide information. Sand says a whistleblower told his office the Iowa Board of Parole wasn't following a state law regarding the makeup of parole review panels. The board told Sand they had already fixed the issue, but when Sand asked for documents to prove it, the board refused. Sand says a new proposal in the Iowa Senate that would allow state agencies to opt out of audits by his office and instead choose a private accounting firm would make it even harder for him to investigate wrongdoing. So let me make it clear regarding today's report on the Board of Parole, where we can't say whether or not the state government is following its own laws. With this bill, they want to find an auditor who won't even dare ask the question in the first place. The Board of Parole says they didn't provide the documents because Sand didn't first provide a letter of engagement they say is required by law. Sand says the law doesn't require him to provide a separate letter of engagement. I'm Katerina Sestarek, IPR News. Illinois' comptroller has a few budget suggestions for Governor J.B. Pritzker, who will give his state of the state address next week. Illinois Public Radio's Mala Iqbal reports. Comptroller Susanna Mendoza manages the state's $2 billion rainy day fund, a reserve to keep the state running through unforeseen revenue declines. Mendoza wants the governor to prioritize putting any new available money towards the fund. Hold the line on any, you know, kind of... uh non-essential new spending, right? So um, that's a good formula for success is to err on the side of being conservative with our budget estimates. Mendoza says Prisker should also work to pay off the state's $142 billion pension debt. I'm Mawa Iqbal. Some Illinois lawmakers say this is the year they'll approve a statewide child tax credit. Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman reports. The latest proposal would offer families $300 per child if they make less than the state's median household income. That's $50,000 a year for a single parent and up to $75,000 for a married couple. 
Democratic State Senator Omar Aquino says that amount of money can make a huge difference. That is money that's going directly into people's pockets that they get to decide how they want to utilize it. And studies show they spend it right in their communities. A different bill sets the amount at $700 per child, but advocates say they need to pass a child tax credit soon, and the smaller amount is more palatable given state budget pressures. I'm Alex Dagman. Illinois residents pay more than $50 million each year for utilities lawyers and corporate donations. That's according to data compiled by consumer advocates. Capital News Illinois reports the costs include charitable contributions, trade association memberships, and teams of lawyers that argue for increased rates. This could change under a proposal in the legislature that would limit what utilities can charge customers for. Three other states have passed comparable legislation, and six are considering implementing similar reforms now. When kids are charged with a crime, while presumed innocent, they are sometimes detained at county juvenile detention centers while they wait for their cases to be resolved. Those centers are mandated to provide education. In today's feature, Illinois Public Radio's Peter Medlin reports on northern Illinois centers labeled non-compliant by the state in education and discipline. Every day, there are between 400 and 500 youth in county detention centers in Illinois. At the Winnebago County Juvenile Detention Center, youth reported that staff would shut off water access in a cell for extended periods as a precaution to disruptive behavior. Shutting off water in one room also affected the ones next to them so a neighbor's behavior could limit others' water access too. Youth were sometimes confined in their cell for multiple days when state regulations limit confinement to a max of four hours. One kid only attended school at the center twice in the month of May because of behavioral reasons. That's according to the most recent Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice inspection report. These are a few reasons that the Winnebago County Juvenile Detention Center was classified as non-compliant in the areas of education, discipline, and mental health services in the 2023 inspection report. It's a 48-bed facility and one of 15 county-run juvenile detention centers in Illinois. The youth are typically between 15 and 17 years old, and the average length of stay is about a month. Debbie Jarvis is the Director of Court Services for the 17th Judicial Circuit Court, which covers Boone and Winnebago counties. Her role encompasses several divisions, including the detention center. We have a fair amount of kids who may be detained, and then at the time of their detention hearing, they are released. So that could be within two days. But then we have kids who are in our detention facility for a very long period of time who might be pending on adult charges. Some of those kids could be in our detention facility for over a year. With education, they follow a normal schedule, five days a week with at least five hours of instruction a day. They have three teachers and a full-time aide who are employees of Rockford Public Schools. But kids at the center are coming from many school districts across Winnebago and Boone counties. And with so many kids coming in and out of classes all the time, it makes curriculum complicated. And Jarvis says since this fall, they've been collaborating a lot more with Rockford Public Schools administrators to improve their education services. And she says they're also trying to completely change their approach to discipline 
discipline to limit long-term confinement, which could mean missing classes. On the day of the Department of Juvenile Justice audit, nine students were marked absent because of behavior. What we have developed with the school district is that we have those kids not in the classroom, but working on educational material outside of the classroom. So the teachers are developing packets. And what we're working toward with the school district is making sure that those packets are as meaningful as they can be. Jarvis says they also had some inconsistencies with marking some students as absent who weren't. The Winnebago County Center also received funding to hire three full-time therapists as of December. Jarvis says they're now leaning on mental health services instead of long-term confinement. The LaSalle County Juvenile Detention Center is a much smaller facility. It only has 16 beds. And that facility has been deemed non-compliant with discipline and education for the past two years. The 2023 Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice Inspection Audit notes several cases of 24-hour confinement. And since the facility requires youth to sleep in just shorts and t-shirts, many youth reported feeling cold at night. The center has one full-time teacher, and they have an endorsement to teach kindergarten through ninth grade. So because youth are typically older than that, most services they provide are outside of that endorsement, and the state recommends they hire someone with the correct endorsement. The audit also reports no clear services provided to students with individualized education plans, or IEPs, and little collaboration with Mendota High School, where youth are enrolled while at the center. Students have classes, write story reports based on the news, have physical education, and use Edgenuity, which is an online learning platform for credit recovery if students are behind. Chuck Goodwin is the Director of Court Services for the 13th Judicial Circuit, covering LaSalle, Grundy, and Bureau Counties. He says they're also trying to step up mental health support, including bringing in a caseworker during the school day. And what we're working towards is the last hour for two of those days, when we normally have structure hour, he would be running a, a cognitive behavior program. He says the center is working hard to resolve their special education issue, and they're trying to hire a paraprofessional educator, but are having issues filling the position. Starting in 2025, youth housed at county detention centers in Illinois will have another layer of oversight. A recent state law extended the jurisdiction of the Office of the Independent Juvenile Ombudsman to cover county detention centers. Previously, it had just covered juvenile prisons. Jennifer Volan-Katz is the executive director of the John Howard Association, a prison watchdog group that advocated for the legislation. It is really about giving youth some place to go to access their rights so that they can go outside of the department that's holding them in custody to seek recourse or report abuse, neglect, or any, anything else. The office is also built to help families and loved ones of detained youth find information. Volenkatz says that no matter how long someone is detained, whether hours, months, or longer, they should have a place to be heard and have their rights respected. I'm Peter Medlin. In the weather for our listening area, today we have a winter weather advisory in effect until 2 this afternoon. The National Weather Service says we could have as much as 3 inches of snow accumulate. We should have a high temperature today in the low 30s, and northeasterly winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour could gust as high as 20 miles an hour. For tonight, mostly cloudy during the early evening, then it should gradually clear with a low in the low teens. Wind chill values could be as low as 0 degrees. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.